Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. to Nobody Panic with me, Stevie. Me, Tessa. And also we have some special guests to talk to us about how to poo. It's only the bloody Mac twins, Lisa and Alana Mac from The Gut Stuff. Hello. Hello. How is your pooing? Pooing is great. <laughs> I'm just trying to think if I've had one today yet. I, don't I, think have. I have. I have. Oh, this is great. <laughs> what a, what so a that, strong opener. Yeah, we're in. I haven't. Mm-hmm. Tessa, have you? Uh, Four already. Out, yeah, first out the gate. Easy, easily. Yeah. <laughs> this is a very thinly veiled episode to basically just sort out Tessa's gut. Um, <laughs> basically, each week we like to learn how to do something, and this week we are speaking to two essential gut experts from the gut stuff. If you go on um, their website, the gut stuff, they launched it in 2017. They just brought out their first book, the gut stuff. Their Instagram is at the gut stuff. <laughs> Twitter is at the gut stuff. It's a very strong brand. Strong. Do you want to tell us, tell us a little bit about what the inspiration was behind starting the gut stuff? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can you tell that we, we, we got in there quickly before gut health was a big trend. We got in with all the handles. Yeah. So very randomly is how we got in to it so um in our past lives uh well and still sort of currently although we're sort of semi-retired and we were djs um so we started off on radio so we did one extra we did Saturday nights in virgin we then with our official love island djs the show that nobody watched and so we're on tour loads and living a very hedonistic lifestyle as you can imagine um, you know, we're actually quite tame for DJs, but couldn't be further, further from the health and wellness world. We're brought up in working class Scotland, so we essentially had deep fried pizza and chips, a Greg Softy, and 10 Lambert and Butler for lunch. Um, oh, if I had that, I would not poo for yeah. 17 weeks. <laughs> no fibre there. Anyway, we had different health pathways growing up, even though we're 100% identical. We, uh, Alana had arthritis when we were younger. I got really bad acne, and our health pathways were totally different. Um, so we volunteered for twin research when we came down. Now, historically, I thought medical research was like students getting paid a grand to take Viagra. Turns out that is a bit more than that. And they use twins loads because we're a great constant um, for medical studies. We also didn't get paid. We, we didn't get paid as oh, well. Okay. We paid them in poo, actually. Um, <laughs> yeah, so we, uh, Tim Spector, who heads up the research facility there, who you might have seen in the news quite a lot because he created the COVID symptom study app. 
Uh, and he gets kind of brought out for anything on genetics and nutrition and diet. We volunteered there because you get to find out loads of cool stuff, like physiologically what's different between us. So they test your like bone density, your mental dexterity. Um, it's like a weird twilight. He's got of mental de- dexterity. Me. And you know what the test is? They basically get you to name animals. And Alana just went, dog, cat, uh, I'm out. And they were like, okay. And I was like, puffin, token. Um, <laughs> Lisa's was much better, but my bone density was better. So, you know, swings I'm probably going to live longer. So. Um, you win some, you lose some. Yeah, so long story short, we were volunteering there for a long time. We loved it. We were like super curious, asked loads of questions. And the, the American Gut Project had just happened. So research into this new thing called the microbiome was starting, this like kind of new medical frontier was starting to take shape. And Tim was like, do you guys want to be the first people to take part in this study? And we were like, yeah, sure. What do we have to do? And he was like, okay, you have to send your poo off in the post every day for two months. We were like, fine. Um, You have to have three colonoscopies, which didn't realize what that was until we signed the waiver form. And I was like, oh, shit, Uh, literally. Uh, The doctor was really hot as well. Um, So when we went for the colonoscopy, I came out and I texted him being like, if medical research gets nothing, I just had the camera at my bum and a man asking me if I lived in Kentish Town. It was really hot. Like, what's going on? Um, turns out they did. And we actually, uh, you guys will know this very well. They asked us for the first month, is there a, a month of the year where you can only eat processed foods and drink alcohol? And we were like, the Edinburgh Festival. Um, <laughs> so we we were doing a show at the Edinburgh Festival, like a DJ battle show at, at Gildy Balloon and during the, at night. And then during the day, we were DJing for Tia Maria. So we were having um, like milk smoothie shaky things, which was great for a week. So we were like, we're just drinking cider and eating chips. And then we were like, oh my God, we did not feel well. Um, and then for the second month, they put us on like a kind of Mediterranean diet. And it was to show how nutrition affects your microbiome. Sorry, this is really long-winded, but no, essentially... I am captivated. We Carry have 100% on. the same DNA, but only 30% the same gut bacteria at any one point, which means that we, our microbiome is completely unique. So firstly, we have the same, um, you know, it's like strangers basically. And secondly, we can change it. So we were able to change it within a relatively short time frame, and we could change it through diet and nutrition. Three things. And for anyone listening who's like, what, what's a microbiome? Give it to me <laughs> short and hot. <laughs> We always say, we always say when we were go- when we started the research, like pretend we're toddlers. We'd say to the scientists, mm-hmm. like explain to us. Like that's way toddlers. better than saying yeah. give, give it to me short and hot. I'm going to start with give it to me short and hot. Yeah. So the microbiome is basically um, bacteria, fungi, viruses that live in and around and on us, and they play you know, a huge role in all our health, so overall health. Um, but the reason why we talk about it when we talk about gut health is that a lot of it is housed in our large intestine. So when we talk about gut health, a lot of the time we are actually talking about our microbiome, but it's sort of not as catchy. So it's it's bacteria, it's it's fungi, it's it's bits. Yeah, it's bits and bobs. It's essentially bits and bobs. not bits humans. And bobs. All the non-human bits of you, like the microbes. And they're actually like, we, you know, when we first found out, we were like, oh my God, wash us. What do you mean? Um, and yeah. actually they really, you know, they do loads and loads and loads of cool jobs and we need them to survive so we need to start looking after that ecosystem and start considering it um so all this stuff you know our previous you know touch point of nutrition was the cabbage soup diet pre-megalith 2005 like this was not our world <laughs> uh, and what we were realizing and the scientists the reason we set up the gut stuff was firstly because our pals were like 
one minute you're interviewing pop stars at the Brits for your radio show and the next minute you're at Reading University talking about probiotics. What is going on? And we were like, oh, just that gut stuff, just that gut stuff. Um, now it turns out we're in some sort of SEO haven because gut health is a big trend. Um, but yeah, so fast forward to now, yeah, we have a big team and we look like this is like full-time job as well as passion. Um, and yeah, it kind of turned on its head to everything that we thought you know, where we're from, health is just not being ill and well-being is mm. something that Gwyneth Paltrow talks about. Um, and I think that to democratise that information and make people see it's not just smoothies and gong baths was probably the thing that kept us up in the morning because the scientists weren't saying, take this magic, super magic pill that's a trillion pounds from our laboratory. They were saying simple stuff like, you know, up your fibre, chew your food more, um, which I think you guys have done an episode on before. So yeah, it, it, we were like, okay, we need to democratize this information because actually the science is complex, but the application could be accessible for everyone. I think as well, I think, you know, that audience that we were dj to, especially when we did the Love Island tour, were very much thinking of their bodies from the outside in rather than the inside out. And we thought, you know, if we can start thinking about, you know, educating that generation on prevention and not all these sort of short fixes, de- detox nonsense, lollipop, bloody weight loss mm. bullshit, we were like, it's so important because not only is this information not true, but it's also can be damaging to that generation and the way that they perceive themselves, but also health, you know, in our, how can we help our healthcare system fundamentally and democratise mm. health across the UK? So from a serious point, you know, there was there was heart and soul in it. But um, yeah, essentially, we do just talk about poo for a lot of the day. <laughs> I'm sorry to already come back to microbes, but what you guys are saying is that everybody's a everybody's are different and everybody's can also be changed like what you whatever you've got now is not just your lot in life you can yeah. totally change what you've got in there yeah that's um, that's huge that's unbelievable yeah. it's, and it actually they're not it's, it's not just yeah, that's what we said we were like okay like it's a good thing it's something that is within your control um mm. and yeah we uh, you know, it's not just diet that affects it, it's lifestyle. So, you know, sleep, a lot of culture now we've, well, now currently we do sanitize everything, <laughs> which yeah. is absolutely right and true. And um, please, you know, <laughs> uh, but, you know, we've, with antibiotics, over sanitization, more sedentary lifestyle, it means that we've actually lost some of these bac- species of bacteria forever. So, yeah, let's get back to foraging and kissing your dog. Um, but, yeah, there's lots <laughs> of different things that affect it as well. And actually, it's all the sort of, you know, health and well-being stuff we kind of know, but we now have the why piece from this new science coming out to say why it's actually, um, you know, could improve our health. When you get those pieces of, of advice and it's like, you know, drink more water, eat a balanced diet mm-hmm. and like sleep more, you just want to be like, shut the fuck up. Because like, yeah. it's just like, well, why? Like, what does that actually do? Yes, mm-hmm. okay, I'll feel slightly better in the morning, but I can, I can have a Red Bull, like, and then I'll be fine. Like, but actually knowing that it's exactly what it's doing to you, I think connects it so much easier. So you can be like, great, I'll shit better. Like that's, we all want to do that. And and I wanted to kind of go sort of back a few steps and just kind of, would you mind explaining, like I'm a toddler, (laughs) like I'm a short and hot toddler, (laughs) what happens when we poo? So we've, we, in, you know, we did a a previous episode about how to eat healthily and we talked a lot about, you know, like chewing and all of that sort of pre stuff that kind of breaks the food down. But we didn't talk a lot about when it's in your intestine, what is going on and what happens to make that poo happen and then we can move on to things like what does fiber do and all of that yeah so i think the thing about what we when we first started the journey we were like gut health you mean like my stomach um and everyone assumes that we did you know unless you did 
A-level human biology, that is probably going to be the truth. But it's everything from mouth to bum. And right. as you learned before, there is a lot of different organs at play. So that's at the start of the book, we basically um, kind of broke it down like it was an orchestra because there's loads of like, you know, the esophagus was an oval. And, you know, the liver, the gallbladder, there's so many different organs involved. Some people are secreting stuff in to help out. So, you know, your food is broken down both physically and chemically. And your body is really clever and it takes what it needs and is useful to it. And then it chucks out what it doesn't. And that's like really simply what happens. The reason that sometimes it can get overcomplicated is when people have digestive issues and they're like, but what is the problem? Either um, have diarrhea, I'm shitting too much, or I'm constipated. How can I affect those things? And actually the answers aren't just necessarily physical. They're not necessarily, you know, it's everything that we talked about before as well, including lifestyle uh, if you're stressed, the gut brain axis is, you know, your gut and brain are intrinsically linked. And I think, you know, there's all these different things that have been potentially overlooked, you know, how you sit. And I'm sure we'll get onto that, like how you sit when you poo, etc. And I think going back to like toddler biology and actually learning how all the different bits and bobs works helps mm. you to kind of, yeah, tune in a bit better, I think. Give us, give us a run through of this, of this orchestra of like, let's go through the orchestra of the digestive system we start in the mouth we end in the butt well what, what are we going through okay so you chew your food um yeah. and it gets put <laughs> down your esophagus and then it's got a bit of a journey so it goes into your stomach and essentially liquids get a vip pass into there they're like we're going ahead guys we're skipping the queue and it gets churned about a bit some stuff gets secreted in there uh, it then goes into your small intestine. That's where most of the nutrients and stuff are absorbed. And then everything that it doesn't want goes into your large intestine, which is where things like fiber are fermented by your gut bacteria. Then it gets pushed out. Doo, 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 ta-da, we're ready to come out. And then it's out the other end. So that's like a really so simplistic version. Very helpful. Knowing that there's a lot of other bits and bobs. And people will say to us, oh, I've got stomach pain. And they're like pointing down here or somewhere else. And mm. you're like, you know, it might not be that. So yeah, so it's explained a lot more eloquently in the book. It's beautiful. <laughs> one thing that everybody says is like, one thing that everyone could do with their diet is more fiber. And there's all different types of fiber. And would you mind just explaining to us, like we were toddlers about what, fi- what is fiber? What's it doing to your poo? And why do we eat it? Yeah. So when we were first going through the studies, like fiber was the main thing of the studies. And we were like, what do you mean? Like prune juice and all brand? Like what, what? Um, which it, we used to just think our like our grander Jim used to say to us, it makes me go, and I was like, <laughs> which it sure, does. That's all we knew about fiber. Yeah, so this yes. is basically the scientific bit is that fiber is the kind of part of the plant that humans can't digest, um, but our microbes absolutely love it. So it's basically the food for your microbes. Oh, so you like feeding your little stomach feeding gardens? So like pets, basically the pets. Pets, yeah. you've got little pets in there. In my head, the but the bacteria are like tiny little like cover poo dots. Yeah, yeah. Like, like, I see them a bit more like a rainforest. <laughs> and the more different species you've got, the better. So we want that fibre to feed our pets in our rainforest, uh, yeah. so they can be healthy and better at. Well, we don't. Scientists still sort of working out what each bacteria do and why so essentially you want to make sure that they're fed because it makes more favorable environments you really want to keep them happy like they're at the party so if you think the bacteria are 
the party goers and mm-hmm. the fiber um, and prebiotics is like the buffet. Um, so people will be happier if they've got booze okay. and buffet. And you You're don't know how they're going to behave when they have booze and, booze and buffet. <laughs> Potentially. Also, you don't know what um, what party goers like what bits of the buffet. This is they could exactly. not like the egg that you've provided. Bang you on. Know, most or the volavon. The volavon. That's why we need to feed them a variety of different fibers, but also a variety of, of different foods because we don't yet, no, we can't say, you know, this specific food mm. feeds this specific specific type of bacteria and also the bacteria work differently in with other types of bacteria but also in different humans yeah so it's so complex but it does you've got your own your personal school, party school. and your own p- personal buffet going on when you say it yeah. softens your stool i think this is where people get confused and by people i mean mm. me mm-hmm. so they would say you know it softens your stool and i would mean and people say like a prune would soften your stool and i was like right so is the actual prune gonna come out if your body doesn't really want the prune but your but your microbes do the, pr- the prune's gonna end up at the end of the process right so it basically or, it can yeah. be digested by that so okay. it is it bulks it out so you think it does just like bulk, it literally does hydration bulk helps as well but um, why do i want a bulky poo well, so it comes out. Ah, okay. So for me, I never have a problem with anything not coming out. I think that's okay. why I'm like, why do we, why right. do we bulk it out? I'm like, it's already coming. <laughs> so, yeah. okay. Yeah. So people who it isn't coming out, the prune is like, I'm going, anyone want to come with me? You know? <laughs> and then I'm taking yeah. Bye guys. I take what I'm needing and I'm off. He's doing a but, French exit out of the party. I think as well, like that's probably historically where the confusion's coming with fiber because people that, you know, don't have trouble with that are like, oh, well, then I don't have to have fibre. But now we yeah. know that not only does it bulk and soften our school and do all that good stuff, it also feeds the good bacteria. So that's yeah, why it's yeah, having yeah, yeah. like it's Craig David resurgence because <laughs> it's like, I'm coming back. I was I'm having on the fibre on tour. Monday. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> I was doing shit, shit on Tuesday. On Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> we all know it. We all know that. I'm shitting on Wednesday um, and Thursday. And Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> so you said that there were different types of fibre. Yeah. So for example, you've got the whole gamut here. You've got me who's like, I can't poo. And then you've got Tessa who's like, I can't stop. Can't stop. So um, would we be focusing on different using us as like type a and b would we be like focusing on different types of fiber and what would they be and which one should i specifically <laughs> so, so historically we thought that there was only two types types of fiber soluble and insoluble fiber now we know that there's actually loads more than that so there's loads of different types of dietary fiber mother nature has given us a great buffet thanks hen um, and you know it's just trial and error to see what you know, what works well for you and what you like. So it comes in, you know, filling your diet with loads of fruit, veg, whole grains, nuts and seeds, and um, to make sure you get a range of different fibres, um, as we talked about that variety thing before. By the way, if anyone does have a digestive issue, they should speak to their GP about fibre, mm-hmm. because in general, we say that your average person should be getting 30 grams of fibre a day, which is actually quite a lot when you think a portion of broccoli is only two and a half or an apple is only two and a half. Oh, so wow. we've got a lot of fibre to get through. Um, but we will see if anyone does have digestive issues, it can be different. So um, mm-hmm. speak to their GP or, or dietitian. But the hacks that we always use are like keep your skin on fruit and veg. It's an easy one. A lot, most of the fibre is, is in the skin. Swapping like white, white pasta, rice or bread for brown. That'll help you sort of like tip up the scales. And then nuts are a really good source. So like if you're snacking, use them, uh, have them instead of packet kettle chips as much as we want those sort of vinegar, those kettle chips, mm. try and go for the nuts. But we we, we we thought, you know, that fibre was just cereal, but it's not. And actually, you know, there's a there's a hierarchy when it comes to, to fibre counts in fruit and veg as well. Like a Jerusalem artichoke 
um, or, you know, chicory are, are high in fiber. So um, we've actually got fiber tables on our website, all very exciting, where you can see how much fiber is in different types of fruit and veg. Adding lentils into a bolognese if you want to, like, you know. Just Kidney beans, will that help? Kidney beans, yeah. Kidney yeah, beans yeah, will yeah, help. Okay, yeah. great. All the beans. Do beans make you fart and why? Well, do you want to know the reason that they make you fart? So the fiber, yes. you know the gut bugs at the party having a good time? The fiber is them secreting gas because they're having a great time. So when you fart, you just go, sorry, that wasn't me, it was my microbes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, y'all, Darius Rucker here. You know, a lot of people ask me, what inspires your music? And one of the big things is a strong sense of place. That's why I love my home state of South Carolina and want to share the awesome things it has to offer. From the beautiful mountains down to the sunny coast, it's got it all. Not to mention two of my personal favorites, great golf and amazing food. Come see why I love this place. Visit discoversouthcarolina.com. How I know it's different for everybody, yeah. but is there like a golden number for how much you should be pooing or when you should be pooing? Well, you know, we actually get asked this all, a lot and it's usually in the toilets after gigs. Like, I haven't pooed for three days. Is that normal? And I'm like, I don't know. Is it you normal? Um, but essentially, you kind of touched before, like we are all different and kind of what's normal for one person might be abnormal for another. So we always say like the key is to watch out for changes in your bowel habits and then speak to your GP if you notice changes. So, yeah, I mean, there's that old wife still is like one a day, but that's not necessarily true. And Alana and I, you know, she's like bang on every morning. You know, it's very indicative of our personality is actually how regular Alana is <laughs> and how all over the shop I am. <laughs> Can I ask a question about bloating? I'm sorry yeah. if this is the same thing as them releasing the gas to make yeah. the fart. What if you like really blow up like a bowling ball big? Say, for example. Say what what might be causing that. So bloating's a tricky one because, uh, and we have a, a dietitian um, called Leslie who's brilliant, did like a really good article on this on the site, which is great. So bloating is normal. If you've had a big meal, your gut bugs are also having a bit of a party. So they're like, woohoo, thanks for the fibre, guys. Um, living at large. But if it starts to become really painful and persistent, then speak to your GP. Culturally, the kind of, bloating thing in on Instagram and these kind of movements have damaged bloating because bloating is a result of you know if you have a big meal you may be likely to bloat the when it mm. and I think it's I think it has clouded people's vision of when to tune in if it's painful if it's keeping you up at night if it's persistent then it's yeah. probably an issue but 
you know, this these before and after pictures of bloating is just not the one. That's so unhelpful. Yeah, the before and after thing is is definitely what led me to be like, because I saw some pictures that were like, you know, this is, I used to look like this every, and I sort of looked and I was like, oh, are we do we not all, do we not all look like that? Or, you know, mm-hmm. is that not a thing? And so it, they, you're right that the seeing that in, on Instagram is what makes me think like, and is that not normal but but to know that it is 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 sort of calm down a bit and also you're physically putting stuff into your body like it's like that yeah. kind of thing. I think when you it's always always in what we've seen it's when you bring aesthetics into it it's when mm. it clouds it because you know mm. if you feel uncomfortable and it's sore then yes go and speak to your GP if you don't like the fact that your stomach's you know protruding a little bit after a meal then that's something quite different and I think they've yeah. become blurred you're so right I do often look at my plate and I'm like that's in me yeah. like I, I, I like I'm eating a massive meal like loads of water and loads of wine or like loads of ice and you're cream like, god like, why do I feel unworthy? like all the yeah. things that are on yeah. the table are in my body now yeah exactly <laughs> literally in my body and as well when you see everything that it does like your gut does from start to finish you're like my god that's amazing my body's amazing there's a lot of work going on it's It's hard at work I think it's so sad that it is a sort of like oh we don't talk about it and pooing so embarrassing and like you know we don't it's hush hush very rude be like everyone does it every day and also it's a miracle it's unbelievable that what your body gets up to this is what we always say like when we do talks and stuff doesn't matter where we do them we're like you know it's the one thing apart from eating and dying that we all do. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah. Pretty much. And then you've got to think about like when when they're babies, when we're, when we're babies or when there are babies, we talk about their poo all the time. Oh my God, it's green, it's yellow, it's black. Oh God, they've done two today. We do it with puppies. Kids talk about poo all the time. And it's like, what age did we stop being so open about mm-hmm. it? Because it is so important and we all do it. It just... It's, it's hard as well because like it's, it's obviously a poo to boo and you know I think we've we're getting there with with things like periods and sex and I think poo is the next one this kind of sliding scale of importance for it you know at best it's quite funny I personally think it's quite a funny conversation um and at worst you know it could be an indication of you know we work a lot with you know um bowel cancer research charities and stuff like that and it could be an indication of something going on so I think that sliding scale is something that it's important we talk about it at all ends because, you know, it's quite funny. And also we should be looking at and tuning into our poos because it can it can be... A serious thing. But also, like, yeah, I've, I grew up in, a, like, my mum, who listens and will be definitely listening to this, <laughs> didn't really say the word, like, we didn't really talk about poo. Like, it, yet you said, like, I'm going to... like And also she's not, like, a Victorian woman. Like, she's really <laughs> chilled out about literally everything. It, that's why it was so marked that you didn't say poo, you said you were going to the bathroom or barely the table didn't even say that you go to the toilet and now me and my sister have like norm tried to normalize it by just like just shouting poo at her all the time talking about <laughs> farting trying to like gross her out so that she feels more like but but because because i remember when i learned because i have like ibs i think mm. most people <laughs> have ibs but i feel like if we know that your brain is sort of linked to your stomach and it's all linked then if you can't say it then that's probably not helpful for you to be doing it like, as well. Mm. Like if your brain can't even verbalise the word poo. Totally. And <laughs> people holding on as well. Like, you know, we've all been there. We've been desperate to go, but you're, you know, you've just slept over at someone's house for the first time. Um, and, you know, how we poo is like important, but it's also o- overlooked. And I think that, as you say, like psychologically, you know, we've stopped that in our heads. And I think the gut brain axis is so interesting for loads of 
different reasons, but they're connected in so many ways. Um, like they're connected by a thing called the vagus nerve, which is unfortunately nothing to do with Las Vegas. But I was going to say, it's the party nerve. Yeah, it's the party nerve, um, which is a physical thing, but also with neurotransmitters. So if you think like the vagus nerve is like your phone line and the neurotransmitters are like WhatsApp. Um, so that's like serotonin, GABA, like all these hormones that determine how we feel. Um, and then the physical one where it's like, you know, we've always kind of known that we see the person you fancy get butterflies in your stomach. Actually, we realize that that's a two-way system. So if you have something going on in your stomach, it's direct, these signals travel up the way as well to your brain. So, you know, the research is all really new and exciting. And I think, as you say, I think they're a lot more intrinsically linked, you know, even anecdotally as we all talk about it, you're like, oh yeah, you know, scientifically, we now know why those connections are there. That's so interesting. May I ask a very specific question yeah. about periods? Why do you get a bad stomach when you're on your period? Do you know this is like, apart from alcohol, which is always our go-to with the scientists, this was <laughs> one of the second ones. Yeah. Why, when we get a period, when I have my period, do I have diarrhea? I actually added this chapter to the book quite last minute because I was like, we need to put that in. So essentially, period poo is a thing. Right. And I think we've all kind of known it. So basically our hormones can speed up or slow down our bowel movements and the microbes in our guts, the clever guys we were talking about, also help break down and get rid of hormones. So hormones can affect basically how you go, but also your microbes are quite heavily involved. So there's kind of, again, like the fibre is like a double pronged thing. So is that like the party guests are, are too busy dealing with like the really drunk people <laughs> so that they're not actually focused on the party as much? Yeah, or they're, yeah, they're having to break up fights at the party. <laughs> so they can't party yeah, they can't as hard as, as they hard. once could. Yeah, um, but that's why... Um, quite you know we, there's quite a lot of links between obviously like pregnancy and menopause and it's all to do with the way that the hormones interact with our microbes so. and also the pill like i think for a lot of reasons um you know the long-term effects of it have, have been overlooked for a long time and like things like that it's like from a very young age as women we are affecting and influencing our hormones and i think that periods is a way that punctuates that because it comes every month uh, and we now track them on apps and such but i think there's definitely a link and anecdotally it is the thing that we get asked a lot about on instagram like i can't poo when i'm doing my period um, that is so good though that's because i remember i just thought it was me being weird for ages yeah, no. and then it was only when you start talking to like do you all so they're like yeah you're like oh thank god i don't feel so mad yeah totally. yeah it's, I think we're really lucky actually with instagram that people are so open with us um on on d and on dms and we used to historically do events remember them a thing of the past <laughs> and um you know just how open and honest people were was just like amazing and i think it just encouraged us as founders to be really bold with everything that we did and to talk about everything open the poo to boo floodgates we actually did um if you've been in south london recently we did a big poster campaign um with poos all over bus stops in southwest southwest london and yeah so real mission i was like i'm a poo nanny today um and we had like different (laughs) names for poos and um, yeah, I'll send you actually the spreadsheet of the poo names because um, it went around all of the creative team um, and it was essentially just a spreadsheet of poo names. And uh, I was just like, I had to highlight the different poo names to sign off before we sent it to um, JC Deco, who ran it and put it on bus stops. And I was just like, this is my job now. I'm actually highlighting <laughs> poo names in yellow. To go on bus stops. If, if you've not, um, if just if anyone listening hasn't seen them, they are a sort of beautiful shade of pink, and all of the poos are, look a bit like a balloon or a cloud or a 
They don't look like a poo. Condom. Yeah. A condom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They look like, a, exactly right. They look like a shaped condom. But it is nice and it is so, it's a bit like how only like so recently there was like an ad, like a, um, a period, uh, a sanitary advert that had like some blood in it as opposed to like mm-hmm. a blue, um, blue water or whatever. Mm-hmm. They're like, yeah, okay, let's be, let's be real. Let's start talking about all this stuff. Mm-hmm. If we keep sort of, sana- you know, being like, oh, that's, we don't just don't, don't mention it. You're like, it's so important. Yeah, because I think we tend to like okay. dodge it or mm. um, patronise people and make it really kiddie. So like poop, do mm. you look at your poop, like stuff like that. Or, yeah. And you just think... Everybody poops. Yeah, and, and you know, it's just like, let's just call it what it is. Um, just wanted to know your opinions on pooing stools and uh, raising yourself up and squatting for pooing and pooing positions. Good question. Uh, the position that we didn't the really position. know what was. The position. Um, we, ha- we made an infographic on this actually and laughed quite a lot when our designer was making it. She was like, what? <laughs> this i was like it's important so just this is how we'd like it to look. put it in so basically a western toilet uh, well you know toilets typically mean that your knees are at a 45 degree angle rather than 90 which and i'm going to get technically right, it basically your pupil rectalis muscle i think that's how you say it contracts which squeezes your bum or well, your rectum tight making it evacuation difficult shall we say um, on top of this, if you start straining, then you will put like unnecessary pressure on your pelvic floor. So basically, if you squat with your feet on like a kind of 20 to 30 centimeter high step when you use your toilet, it relaxes that muscle, which allows your rectum to open properly, making it easier for evacuation. And you can just use like uh, the yellow pages. Yeah, exist? pile of books. Just use a pile of books. Um, yeah, on our website, actually, the, the infographic in question, when you see it like that, it looks like a sort of like... I don't know, like a lasso or a kink or something. I don't know, like what it looks like. But you see, well, you can see it visually. You're like, oh yeah, yeah that makes for described a good as a, like a kink in a hose, like a garden yeah. hose. So then yeah, you yeah, can yeah. like. I think as well as you said before, like it's kind of like when you anchor it in like what's happening physically or what you know the bit of science behind it. You're like, okay, I get it. I, 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 but also, it might not be you know, it's not a solution or a magic pill. It's like if you try that and it makes you feel a bit better and your poo comes out the way you want it to, great. If you don't, who you know carry on it's mm. like it's we have well, a binary relationship with it i wanted to ask as well you know there's a lot of like colonic irrigation is like a cool vibe but lots of people are like oh i get a colonic irrigation i've never had it but sometimes i i really want to as somebody who has constipation then i learned that it might flush out all of your microbiome and yeah. be bad for that is that the case yeah, it is unfortunately but i can see how it's an attractive proposition like if you're feeling like bum bunged up and as a short-term solution, getting everything out, you know, I can see how the short-term relief could be quite appealing to people. But your gut, unfortunately, isn't dirty and doesn't need to be washed. Uh, and I think some, basically, there's no evidence behind their efficacy, um, despite some claims that you might read. But it's actually the thing that causes the biggest beef on Instagram when we say, because we've got a thing called a bullshit bin, uh, which we put something different in every Wednesday. So our followers ask us to put something in the bullshit bin and we go back to our team and say, you know, is this bullshit or is it not? And actually, the, the thing that I find most interesting about that is actually the contraindications to doing it like infections and stuff outweigh obviously of course the short-term relief and I think you know it just kind of speaks to uh, the bigger problem we have of a solution magic pill stuff needs to come out restriction don't have daily gluten fun wine everything rather than actually let's tune into these amazing bodies that do stuff for us and get all that stuff out in their own time and tune in as to why 
you might not be happy with that or have a better relationship or with it or tune in. It's like treating the symptom rather than the actual cause of the problem. Mm. You're never going to improve if you just keep washing your intestine and saying like well it's <laughs> yeah. not working yeah. it's like well no it's not gonna with alcohol should you we've, you've mentioned it like a few times we haven't actually asked mm-hmm. you the question like how does alcohol kind of interact with pooing and what should we be doing how can we look at that balance better it's not sexy but it is like basically alcohol can affect um the permeability of your gut lining right so that's one thing oh we have we actually have um the liver specialist from ucl who um basically every january and dry january gets rolled out into every and um, but he did the chapter on us for the book and we have like an instagram live for an hour and a half where i ask him every question that's still on our instagram and we always thought like when we we're hungover it's because we were dehydrated turns yeah. out that's not the reason um you know there is some things to suggest so red wine is high in polyphenols which uh, your gut bacteria love but you know it's like coffee it's full of high in polyphenols as well like the kind of alcohol and caffeine bits of it, you know, it's like that weighing up of, yes, it's high in polyphenols, but you could get your polyphenols from elsewhere instead of having alcohol. But we, um, and we all metabolize alcohol differently. So the amount of alcohol that you have will have a different effect on everyone else. Like the kind of stuff that we know. And I guess like, you know, you eat highly processed foods, perhaps more like us. We have McDonald's at 3 a.m. <laughs> you've been drinking alcohol. So sometimes it's not just, it's difficult to determine if it's the alcohol having an effect on your gut or if it's been out till 3am and all the other stuff that's been yeah, happening Yeah, and also you don't well. drink, you often don't drink water, like, I was like, drink a glass of water for every time. Yeah, it's like, no, no one, one does, does that. that when they're actually drinking wine because you're drunk, so a sober you would do that, but drunk you, it's like, fuck yeah. water. There's actually an amazing book called Drink by Dr. David Nutt about the psychology and physiology of alcohol. Um, and I actually gave up for like the first seven, eight, seven days of the year um, just because... Well, nobody's having any fun anyway, let's face it. Um, and it was really interesting when I went back, the changes in my body to drinking, changes in my body, the changes in my behaviour. And that book's quite good at just laying, like, laying down the law. And he actually studies, you know, he's like a scientist that studies alcohol, but also he owns a wine shop with his daughter. So it's just like a really beautifully balanced book where it's like, this is the science, but you make your own choices. So I think for me as well, like, as with everything gut stuff related, you know, if I had a red wine in front of me and a white wine and I knew I wanted to drink one of them mm-hmm. or both perhaps, <laughs> I'll probably go for the red wine more now because it's high in polyphenols. Do you know what I mean? Mm. And I think that's, it's the same with everything to do with gut health, you know, with the gut stuff, we're not here to preach and be like, right, you've got to have this every day and not have that. It's about, here's the facts. Here's what you can do. Here's the top tips that we give. Empower yourself and, and go do it. Whether you take that information on board or not is you know is is entirely your choice but I think that's a lot of what happens in the health and wellness world and what we've seen it coming from a completely different point of view is like you must do this you must do exactly what I did standing on my head drinking green smoothies and only having water at five o'clock on a Thursday you know when the sun's shining and it's like you know it doesn't you know science is complex enough let's you know empower people with the facts and then you can make your own choices off the back of it because you know if Lisa and I can't be sold the same diet with 100% the same DNA then no one can. It shines shines a light on how superficial all the sort of wellness industry is of the mm. like, um, you know, the flat tummy teas and the, you know, the lollipops and all of this, the sort of nonsense of being like, look what worked for me. It's like, it's sort of irrelevant what worked for you because mm-hmm. you have a totally different set of bacteria uh, and a totally different body and a totally different lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And so it's sort of it's like, there is no, there is no thing. And there is anyone who tries to sell you on this, like it works for everyone or whatever. It's like it, that inherently is a, a lie and a, and a con. And you understand how it happens yeah. because we're all desperate for 
it to be a quick fix for a magic rather, pill rather than it to be like you need to drink eight liters of water and go to bed and we're like no <laughs> boring. boring i think as well i think you know i think that's why gut health you're starting to hear a lot about it more about it now but before you know when we started the research in 2015 and we know we've seen this sort of rise i think because it's been hard to commercialize because you it isn't a one-size-fits-all product or model or service i think that's why it hasn't come into public consciousness yet and that makes us angry because we're like well people should still know even if they don't want to buy something off the back of it they still need to know how important it is and how how, how much it's linked to so many different health outcomes we just watch out from the rooftops how important gut health is and those microbes are little pets <laughs> they are little pets our little family yeah. that's living in our little stomachs yeah um do you have yeah. any more questions so i have a million but i'm I've, also I've like obviously got five thousand so, but so. i'm also aware that i i tell you where i'm gonna find the answers in your new book the gut stuff and on your website the gut stuff and on your instagram the gut stuff and on your twitter the gut stuff and on the poster the book is out now it's yeah. out there it's in all good bookstores yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna buy it and i'm gonna i'm gonna re i think i'm gonna devour it basically it's just so nice to have these really big ideas condensed into a sort of fun and accessible way and i think you guys are really opening the door for everyone to be like saying democratizing something that used to be a sort of million dollar industry and only some people were allowed in I mean like everyone yeah. should be allowed in everyone's got mm-hmm. a everyone's got a gut thank you so much for, for coming on and talking poo with us and um everybody listening go and google the gut stuff and find all their stuff read up get to know your guts get to know your gut and please do um if you have any topics that you want us to tackle in the future tweet us at nobody panic pod or the email address tessa is nobody panic podcast at gmail.com have a lovely gut healthy week eat some fiber look at your poo have a gut day have a gut day day. (laughs) party with your microbiome (laughs) and we will see you next week and thank you so so much alana and lisa been just the nicest guests we've ever had on (laughs) thank you for having us (laughs) see you next week everybody bye-bye Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 
Hi, I'm Lucy Beaumont. And guess what? I'm Sam Campbell. If you've enjoyed this podcast, you might enjoy our podcast. It's called Lucy and Sam's Perfect Brains. It, we have a podcast and uh, it might be, uh, I probably don't want to sound, um, you know, like I'm bragging, but it's dynamite. It is electric. It's high voltage. And please, we really need you to listen. You don't understand how much we need this. Is it on all the platforms? Oh, it absolutely is. But um, yeah, this one is coming. This one's out now. Lucy and Sam's Perfect Brands.